0: You're listening to a Soulfire Productions podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today we have a different conversation to have. And you've probably noticed. I have been away from the mic for a little bit and I have been in listening
1: and in unlearning and in research and it's been a really interesting time and I tried So
0: hard to put together a perfect show and figure out exactly how I wanted to address anti racism and Black Lives Matter. And wanted to make sure I said all the right things and showed up the perfect way. And I realized that I was setting myself up for failure. And so I just kept sitting and listening. And Learning from people who know more than me and being willing to let go of what I believed to be true, what I thought
1: to be true, what I thought I knew and really looked at different perspectives and opened up to other people's experiences. And so... Today, we're going to have that conversation, and I'm going to show up for you
0: the way it feels genuine and authentic for me, and I'm really excited to be in conversation with you around this. It's not something that I typically talk about, and I realize that that's not okay, and in my privilege, I have been able to avoid this and not look at it. And as someone who is a leader in the whitewashed wellness space, I have taken responsibility for this and called myself out and really taken a hard look at how I have been operating,
1: the systems I have in place and the way I've been a racist. So, this is a difficult and uncomfortable,
0: eye opening and pattern breaking conversation. And I genuinely thank you for being here to have this conversation, to show up and do your own work, to take responsibility for where you have fallen
1: short, and to Willingly own that and admit we can do better. So before I get into the weeds with this, I just wanted to let you
0: guys know that my second program I'm running will be launching in a couple weeks. We only have four spots left. I will be facilitating her truth for 10 incredible women and we'll be sitting for four months together in guided audio lessons, in guided pleasure, in women's circles over Zoom, where we'll be having beautiful, raw conversations around what's coming up for us. An amazing journal that I curated for you that will guide you with prompts and heart opening practices. And this is really for the woman who is ready to step into her more and find her own truth and find what is meant for her and let go of society's programming and expectations and perfectionism and to flourish as the wild woman that she is. So if you would like to join us, I would be honored to have you you can go to kellytenant.com slash her-truth. Like I said, we only have four spots left and this
1: gets going in just a couple weeks. So I so look forward to seeing you there. So as we get into this, I am going to talk about a few people who have really moved me
0: and some conversations that I've been a part of that have really opened my eyes. And as I was sitting with this and letting the concepts come forward as to what needed to be discussed, I realized
1: that the foundation of this And what I really wanted to touch on that
0: I believe rings true for our community and the topics of this show and my heart is that I, you, we are not better than anyone. I am not better than anyone. I am not
1: more important. I don't matter more. I am not superior to. I am not better than anyone.
0: And with every book, every podcast, and every conversation that I have been a part of over the last three weeks, this mantra, this concept is what keeps echoing in my head. And I believe that to be true because for most of my life, I thought I was better than others and i've talked about this a bit in the past as to one of the things that came forward very very prevalently and painfully during ayahuasca
1: and last year i saw that i was in ceremony
0: and i was experiencing a past life where i was basically the lowest class and Face down in the mud, I was chained, and I was being treated like a wild animal. And people were spitting on me, and I had nothing. And it was incredibly scary and painful, and all I wanted to do was escape. And I was holding on to one of the facilitator's ankles for dear life because I I thought I was being sucked into this
1: experience, and I didn't know if I was going to escape. And so I, I keep having that vision. And what I heard during that experience was that
0: I, because I had that experience in the past, I had come into this life to prove that I was worthy and important and better. And that I
1: would never allow myself to be seen like that again. And so, so much of this life,
0: What I've been taught, what I've been around, how I've been treated, working in television, as quote unquote talent, as they like to call us, is that I was better than other people, that I had better things and better experiences and more money and a nicer car. And I was one of the best athletes in the country, and I got a full ride scholarship, and people waited on me hand and foot and constantly told me how amazing I was and As hard as I look back at my life and some things, it's like, yo, bro, you had it really easy. And that's not to take away from anyone's experience. This isn't about comparing trauma, right? That's not what we're here for. This is not what the black community wants to do. They don't want to say, Hey, my trauma is worse than yours. And It doesn't matter that you were raped or you were abandoned. That's not what this is about. Again, this is not about a hierarchy. This is not about I'm better than you or you are better than me or my experience was harder and blah, blah, blah. We could go down this long rabbit hole of
1: comparison. That's not what this is about. This has been my work over the last two years of shedding the belief that I am better than anyone. That it
0: doesn't matter how I was raised or where I came from or the money I had or the status I have socially or the house that I own or where I live, what I do for a
1: living, and none of it matters. None of it makes me better than you. What it does do is gives me privilege. It makes my life a lot easier than someone else's, that doesn't mean better. I wanna be really clear about that. Until we let go of the idea that we deserve it
0: because of this and that, or I'm better because I
1: have this thing, your Louis Vuitton bag doesn't mean fucking shit. I used to drive around in a Mercedes, drive up
0: to Dodger Stadium, and I get so annoyed at anyone
1: who would ask me to show my badge or wait in a line. It's fucking embarrassing. And over the last couple of weeks, I have cried a lot. Because I have been really embarrassed at the way I've acted the beliefs that I have held and the lack of awareness, the lack of effort to
0: see someone else's experience and to really hold that. And I pride myself in showing up for people, providing resources, being a voice,
1: And I wasn't doing that for everyone. And I just want to acknowledge right now that if you have ever felt isolated or you have ever
0: felt like I wasn't addressing your experience or taking it into consideration and that I have been standing on my giant
1: soapbox of white privilege, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. There is no excuse. There is no way to talk myself out of it or around it. It's not okay. And my promise to you is that moving forward, I will do everything in my power and in my effort to be better. To be more educated, to have more compassion and empathy, and to show up in a more full, loving, and supportive allyship. Because that's what I believe in. And that's
0: what I want to create, but that is not what I have done. And actions speak louder than words. And I can sit here and act like I am inclusive and show up for every type of woman. And then my show and my words can reflect something else. And so I won't be perfect. I will continue to mess up. But my promise
1: to you is that I will do better. And I will make that effort for you and for myself. So I've been reading a couple
0: books and listening to some podcasts and look, I know that we've all been overwhelmed with resources and people telling us where we can go. And every incredible black author is sold out on every bookstore on the planet right now, which is amazing. And that can get really overwhelming because we don't know where to go. And I felt like that. I spent a couple of days like, oh shit, where do I go? Like what? Where do I even begin? And so I really sat with what reaches me? What stands out to me? Where do I feel I can get the most out of this? And I'll start there and then
1: I'll go from there. And so I urge you not to try and take it all on at once. But a couple of my favorite resources that I'm gonna talk
0: through today is How to Be Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi. And he wrote that book, but he was also on Brene Brown's podcast. So I've been reading his book. I listened to him on her show. So we'll be going through both of those things. And then Austin Channing Brown was on Brene Brown's show as well. And we're going to talk through their conversation as well. And then I was a part of a group training where we really
1: got into the spiritual side of this. And so we'll be getting into that as well. So the first thing I want to say is that
0: Ibram X. Kendi on Brene's show says, shame is not a social justice tool. And he and Brene have a conversation around how so many of us, if not all of us, feel shame for getting called out or being held accountable. And what they say is that people shouldn't feel ashamed that we have had these ideas rained on us on top of our heads for our entire lives and that we have been victims who have become victimizers. And that there's a specific reason why people in power have been convincing us that black people are less superior. So now that we understand that we've been tricked and manipulated,
1: we say, thank you for the umbrella. I didn't know I was wet. I had to re-listen to this part over and over again because, you know, Brene Brown is the
0: queen of shame and Ibram Kendi is the king of anti-racism. So put those
1: two together and you are in for a wild ride of a conversation. I love Ibram's approach to this because
0: he is not about shaming people into allyship. Shame does not help people in the fight for equal rights and supporting the black community or any community that has been
1: thought of as less than. If you shame me, I am less likely to support you. That is how
0: humans work. And maybe you shame me enough that I show up for a little bit because I feel guilty, but then I'm just gonna feel bad about myself and you're gonna be the reason I feel bad about myself. So his approach is really about how can we all be invited to the table for this conversation and to create more allies in our space? And how can
1: we as white people not let the shame and the guilt take us over, because we feel so bad, how can we rather say,
0: okay, I didn't do the best I could and I miss this and I take full responsibility and now I'm going to be in action in support of my black or black community or people of color. And I'm going to show
1: up so hard for them Because now I understand and see in a way I didn't before. People in power have been convincing us for hundreds of years
0: that black people and people of color are less superior and that we are more important and we are better. We
1: have been manipulated. And so then we continue to manipulate those around us. So now we are soaking wet with racist
0: ideas and beliefs. And what they said in the show that I loved because it gives you a perfect picture. You're soaking wet and you didn't even know it. And someone hands you an umbrella and you say, Thank you for the umbrella. I didn't even know I was wet. That is what has happened. That is how I feel. This spoke so truly to how I feel. I didn't even know I was soaking wet. And then all of a sudden,
1: someone handed me an umbrella and I was like, oh, oh my, it's pouring rain. And now I got to dry off.
0: And the only way to dry off is to unlearn the racist ideas that have been rained
1: on me my whole life. Being anti-racist is a lot of work. Should it be? No. Is that the reality we live in? Yes. Are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to take responsibility and say, there is more information for me
0: out there. There are other experiences outside of my own or the ones that I read in history books or that my mom and dad told me about that I get to look at
1: now so that I get a full picture so that I don't live in a bubble We have pretty much been living in a bubble and it's
0: time to call that out and say that's not acceptable anymore. It is time to unlearn ideas and beliefs that are no longer of service to us. We talk about this every week on this show. If y'all have been here for more than a week, you know this is
1: the foundation of what I talk about and teach. unlearning social programming and patterning from a young age as adults. It is not easy. It is very painful sometimes. And if you are not
0: someone who has ever been on the other side or receiving
1: end of racism, it's really hard because it might not be your experience, that doesn't mean you don't do the work. That means you show up fully for
0: your communities, for your friends, for your family,
1: for your partners, for your coworkers, because it's their experience and it's not okay.
0: And we have been turning a blind eye to other people's experiences. And this
1: isn't just black people. This is anyone different than us. You know how... I was thinking about this the other day and it's kind of fucked up, but... It made sense to me, at least. You know how... There are all these walks for cancer or
0: Alzheimer's or whatever, foundations, charities. They do all these amazing things and we bypass them. And it's like, oh, I'm not going to donate to that because I don't personally feel affected by that. And I don't really see how bad it is. So, no, I'm not going to give you $20. I'm not going to walk with you. And then the next year, your mom or your sister or your brother gets diagnosed with some horrible disease, and you are making posters and giving all your money to a charity because now you are personally affected by breast cancer and you know all the statistics and you're watching your mom suffer and go through chemo and her hair is falling out and you're like, this is the most painful, horrible thing ever,
1: and I just want to do everything I can to help people who have been through this or are going through it. That's this. I haven't been on the receiving end of racism. So basically it didn't exist to me. And now I know a lot and there's no going back. There's no going back. I know too much. I've seen too much. I know too many statistics.
0: I've watched too many brutal murders and horrible things happen to
1: black people. That I am like fully committed now. I see it. My eyes are open. My heart is open. And I'm all in. And it took me seeing people die
0: on television in real life for me to say, oh, this is a problem that I'm going to look into and that should be
1: addressed. This has been happening for so long and we have just been ignoring it. Just because you have never been on the receiving
0: end of this, just because you don't know someone personally who has been lynched, or arrested or treated poorly in the prison system
1: or been held back because of their skin color doesn't mean you don't stand up for them. And you don't have to be at every rally and you don't have to make
0: posters and you don't have to post something on social media every day. You do it the way it feels aligned for you. You have hard conversations at home. You start looking at the way you talk, the way you act, the jokes you make, the people you hire, the friends you have, the places that you shop and eat. All of these little things are ways we are racist
1: and not inclusive and not open and not aware and not doing the work. In How to Be an Anti-Racist,
0: Ibram talks about a fixed hierarchy. And this hierarchy has been in place for so long. I mean, he...
1: You guys, this book is so incredible. It's terrible. It's painful. But it is so good. And honestly,
0: I highly recommend the audio version. Um, Listening on Audible and then taking notes. He has the best voice, and it is so cool to learn from a professor. I felt like I was in class taking notes and writing a report. It was the best way to learn this. So thank you, Ibram, for showing up like that because I loved learning from you in
1: that way. But he goes back to, I mean, when slave trading began. And it was
0: basically that all dark people not even all black people, they were bunching all people that were dark together, and they decided that they were less than, and that they
1: would they were to be treated like animals, that they were inferior, and that white people were better. And In 1753, there's this philosopher and he wrote that
0: all races except for white are inferior and declared that all races are unequal. You guys, 1750 fucking three. Someone said this and then everyone after that was like, yep, we are in 2020 and this is the basis for what we know. This is why we are where we are is
1: because of this shit. And we haven't ended this pattern and programming by now. Martin Luther King wasn't enough. We had to keep it on going.
0: Nope, let's just keep it going. They started it 1753, so
1: it's 2020. Why would we change it now? This embarrassing. Something else he said. Well, he said a lot of things that led me to this. Something to ask yourself when describing yourself, how do you identify? And this is one of my questions. I don't say. I'm a white person. Most people around me are white, so I don't feel the need to do that.
0: When I describe other people, if they aren't white, I say that they're black or
1: Asian or Hispanic. And that is how I set them apart. And that showed me, again, that in my privilege, I don't even have to say that or describe myself a certain way because in the hierarchy, it is accepted and just known you're a white person. But when you look at minorities, we immediately jump to place them in a category.
0: By the way, I am half Mexican. This has been a very interesting experience for me because no one would ever think that I'm Mexican. People only think that I'm white or maybe Greek or
1: Italian, but I'm pretty much white, right? I present white. As I've heard a lot lately. And when you present white, it's just what it is.
0: But if you present or are anything other than white, there is a description of your skin color in order to identify you. This contributes to the hierarchy, to being better than, and to
1: categorizing people based on how they look, not who they are. Not that jackass over there. It's, oh, that black man. The color of his skin has nothing to do with the person he is or his
0: characteristics or his personality. He could be lots of different ways. Yet we choose to
1: identify by that. Because that's what we're taught. And I encourage you to start looking at things like that little things that are actually very big that are this current of racism that we don't even realize is happening. The other thing as I was reading was, I thought about what it would feel like to constantly have to search for people who look like you and wonder, will I be the only one That looks like me. And in everything that I've been reading about and hearing is you hit puberty,
0: but it's racial puberty. And that's when the awareness comes in as, oh, my skin is different than someone else's. And then you start looking around and you realize, oh, there aren't that many people that look like me here. And then you start going to events and experiences and you wonder, will there be any other black people here, or is it just going to be me and a bunch of white people? The isolation that must come from that. You know, I've talked about this a lot and this is totally different. I can't even compare it.
1: I always felt like I never fit in. I was tall and goofy and, you know whatever,
0: all the things that made me feel like I I didn't fit in. And that was really hard for me. Imagine being someone who has a dark skin color and going to a school where the majority of people are white and you have to be the different one every freaking day. And you have to carry that burden and think about that and know that people look at you differently. And that your culture is different and that you don't do things like other people. And that there's judgment and curiosity and confusion and misinformation. And you never know what your day is going to be like. And there's a fear there. And that was so painful for me to think about a little kid having to go to school and wonder, am I safe? Why do
1: I have to be different? Why do they look at me different? Why do they treat me different? Think about that. When you go out now and you look around and you see color because not being racist doesn't mean you are colorblind and don't see color. look around and take in what everyone else's experiences must be like, not just yours. Cause where have you been the minority? I started thinking about that. and I was like, "Mm, pretty much never, nowhere,
0: nowhere am I the minority? Maybe because I'm so tall, but like,
1: That's not a bad thing. No one thinks it's bad that I'm tall. I talk a lot about generational trauma, ancestral trauma. The things that we
0: bring into this life, we're born into the trauma, we bring it in our DNA.
1: we have to see that this is generational trauma. That black people are experiencing
0: what is called PTSS, post-traumatic slave syndrome. And as white people, we are bringing in the fact that we owned slaves,
1: that we treated people poorly, that we put them in a hierarchy, that we acted better than them. No. I have not had a slave. I can't speak to that in this life. But for most of us, our ancestors did. And there was a certain way of life back then. And for black people and people of color, their
0: ancestors were slaves or servants or working
1: in fields. We're making nothing. We're left with nothing, even when they were freed. And that is in all of our DNA. We have to
0: recognize that. We have to address that. And collectively, it is not just the job of Black people to let go of the fact that their grandmother was a slave. And that's not the world we live in. You guys, people are being hung still. People are enslaved in lots of different ways still. In the prison system, there's child slavery, there are sex slaves,
1: people are being traded in markets. Like, this is still so real. It is all of our jobs to end this pattern.
0: 1753. 2020. When will we decide that this no longer works, that this is no longer the world we want to live in?
1: The call I was talking about earlier that I was on with my dear friend Priya and a handful of other people. Priya is a healer. She is an Indian woman, a woman of color, And we had a conversation around the matrix. And this is what she said Do you want to learn how to live in the matrix with different rules?
0: Or do you want to exit the matrix? We have all been brainwashed and. Taught to act and believe a certain way, and this is the matrix of
1: societal programming. Are you trying to live in the matrix but just change the rules, or do you want to exit the matrix and create a world that we all actually want to live in? This show was created to exit the matrix,
0: to create a different life pattern,
1: belief system, abilities, awarenesses, completely outside of that box. If you're just trying to stay in the matrix, but just change some of the rules, I think we're just gonna stay where we are. Because I don't know about you, but I've pretty much realized that this shit doesn't work. Priya said, there is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom
0: is destruction, shedding, presence, and rebirth. We can have knowledge. We can know a lot of things. We can read a lot of books. Wisdom, the inner knowing, the inner knowing that this is not okay is what leads to us destructing the pattern and the matrix to shedding everything, to being present with it and to rebirthing a
1: new world that is true to who we are now. We must deconstruct the matrix, deconstruct the
0: beliefs and the systems that do not serve us. If there's one thing I know about this generation we are a part of, is that it, we ask questions that no one else has been willing to ask.
1: Collectively, this is the most curious, innovative, questioning generation. We only work with companies that give back and
0: we ask why, why are you making us do this? And I'm not going to accept that. And if that is the case, which I know to be true, then it is our freaking job obligation role and gift to deconstruct this for everyone. We have
1: to step up. We get to. We chose to be here right now at this time to do this work. It's what we're meant for. Just want to take a quick second to tell you about one of our incredible
0: sponsors for this show. And in a time where I'm really taking a hard look at who I'm working with and what their values are, I'm so grateful to be working with Ned. And transparency is at the forefront of everything that I believe in. And Ned is the most transparent CBD company there is. And they have created the cleanest, non-synthetic, no-flavoring products on the market that help with anxiety and sleep and inflammation. They use a cold extraction. They also take the time to infuse incredible energy with binaural beats and positive affirmations. They take such beautiful care of their products because they wanna take care of your body. And right now, as our nervous systems have been pretty chaotic for the last three or four months, and a lot of people aren't sleeping and we're feeling more stressed than normal, this has been such a godsend for me to have NED and utilize as well their natural cycles collection as my hormones have been a little out of whack as well. so. If you want to try out Ned, I highly recommend it. They have so many different offerings that are just so pure and so clean and can help with a variety of different things in your body. Just go to helloned.com slash and you'll get 15% off
1: your first order and free shipping. That's helloned.com slash I was listening to Austin Channing Brown with Brene and
0: she said, you can be nice and racist at the same time. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) that's fucked up. And she goes on to say that being nice, isn't enough. Being nice and racist and expecting black people to be nice
1: rather than truthful is unintentional, but horrific harm. I think I said the horrific harm part because that's how it felt to me. So I'm a nice person, but I have done racist things, said racist things. And because I'm nice, Even if I offend someone who
0: is black or a person of color, I expect them to be nice back rather than be truthful or call me out because I'm being nice and I would never intentionally hurt you or cause you harm. And even if I did,
1: you just let that slide because I'm being nice. This is the problem. We don't want to be called out. We don't want to be wrong. And we think that being nice and having a smile
0: on our face while saying racist things makes it okay. And we expect
1: black people to just eat our words and sit there with a smile back. That is causing such harm. And whether it's intentional or not, not okay. So if you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, I'm nice. That doesn't mean you are an ally. It just doesn't. Austin also said, we all get shit wrong. Have you built the capacity to care more about others than your own ego? Oh, but my ego is so fragile. And wants to be taken care of. I have apologized more in
0: the last two years than my entire life. And my ego really, really doesn't like it. Especially when I have to apologize to my partner. Because who wants to admit
1: to their partner that they're wrong? How about admitting to black people that we got it wrong for hundreds of fucking
0: years. That kind of apology is one that has to come from
1: your soul. That is apologizing for your ancestors and yourself. We're all wrong. We've all been wrong. And not just about this, but about a million things.
0: Are you too prideful? Is your ego too big to say sorry? If it is, you need to take a hard look at why. What are you protecting? Why are you so scared to say you're sorry?
1: What is it that you're so afraid of that's going to come of saying I'm sorry? Saying I'm sorry as well doesn't mean people are just going to turn around and forgive
0: you. They might just continue to be upset. And that's not your job to manage or fix. But it is our obligation to apologize when we do something wrong and we make a mistake. How do we move forward without offering an apology? How do we expect forgiveness when we don't apologize? It doesn't work like that. Have you built the capacity to care more about others than your own ego? Can you show up for someone else who is so deeply wounded and hurting and let your own
1: ego suffer in order to apologize to them? Because that is what needs to happen. Austin said something in this interview. By the way, you guys have to listen to this. It's so good.
0: Austin said something about social justice and rules for white people. And Brene goes, no, you're wrong. And then she freaking mic dropped with this. And Austin loved it so much. I was in my car driving with so much joy. Brene said, white people like rules in social justice so they can protect themselves, so that we can all say, Well, you told me this, that's the rule, so I did that. Or you said to call you African American, or you said to call you black, and then I called you that, but then you said that was wrong. We want rules so that we can create a fence around the ego. These are weapons for our defense, is what Brene said. These are weapons for our defense. We are using this in protection of ourselves. We want these rules and social justice so we can protect ourselves and say, well, I did what you said. You can't get mad at me. Martin Luther King Jr. said this, that, and the other, and so I'm doing that. You don't get to change your mind. You don't get to evolve. You don't get to have more knowledge and awareness and then show me how I get to evolve
1: as well. Nope. Stop trying to protect yourself. This is an opportunity to open your heart, your awareness, and break down all these beliefs And show up in a new way. This is hard. This is draining. This is sad. If you are an empath,
0: if you are sensitive, this can be really painful because you are taking on other people's experiences and emotions.
1: And what I will offer you is that be open to that. Be willing to feel. Feel into someone else's experience, feel into what they feel. Better
0: understand where someone else is coming from because you are not better than anyone. Your experience is not better or more important. It is different. You see the world through a different lens. And that's
1: beautiful in all of our differences. And we get to show up for each other in that. We live in a very whitewashed world. And now we get to step up and show up in a different way than we have been taught and seen for so long. I highly recommend you also
0: go listen to my dear friend, Laura Holloway's podcast, Activate.
1: Laura talks with so many incredible black and black people, black leaders and people of color and has
0: such moving transformational conversations. She just had a conversation with her friend Val, who is on the front lines of COVID as a nurse, and he is a leader in the Black community, and they have a really powerful conversation around all of this. And Laura does such great work and is such an ally for Black people in Chicago. And. It is a really, really well done show with very impactful and educational, welcoming conversations. So I highly recommend you go over and listen and I'll put the link in the show notes so you can connect with Laura and listen to her podcast, Activate. Thank you guys for being in conversation. This is not the last one we will have, but... This was an introduction and I wanted to
1: show up genuinely for you. And I hope that you got something out of this and that you can see the world a little differently. We will feel shame and we will feel guilt for what we have done. And we take
0: that and turn it into a way to show up as a powerful ally
1: without blinders on, seeing what's truly happening. If you want your world to be different,
0: start looking at the matrix and the patterning and the programming that
1: is not for you. And start taking the steps to forge your own path. and to take those who need your
0: support with you. Love you guys. Thank you all so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you haven't yet subscribed, be sure to do so now and head to ratethispodcast.com slash Kelly to leave a five-star review. And as a bonus for doing that, if you send me a screenshot of your review before you submit, I will get you a little thank you gift in the mail. All right, we have another juicy episode coming for you next week, so stay tuned. And as always, if I can support you in any way, please reach out. Remember, I'm just a DM or an email away.
1: See you guys soon.